Blood and Destroyers and All Elite Wrestling Podcasts for August 17th, 2021 is presented by LevelDownGames.com. Monday, and you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com, where we discuss the latest week, and man, these weeks are getting packed in AEW excitement. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, as usual, straight from twitch.tv forward slash crazed11, it's freshly shaved, Dan. What is going on, everybody? What's going on, Brian? Happy to be here. Yeah, man, we've got a lot to talk about this week. We don't want to waste any time. Please take a moment. Do us a favor if you'd be so kind. Before we start talking about this, however, head on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever app you've chosen to listen to us on and leave a quick rating and a review on there. It really does help us out in terms of search results so that our show continues to grow. Man, it's a great time to be a fan of wrestling. Like... I was talking about it in Discord last night. We're recording this on uh, Sunday, August 15th. So this would have been last night during Triple Mania and New Japan's Resurgence pay-per-view, which both happened to be on a Saturday evening. I was able to watch wrestling from like three different countries (laughs) and three different languages over the last day and a half. And all three shows were amazing. And we just have so much to talk about. Like, I'm glad... That we don't really have any major news stories, like things kind of slowed down this week. Nobody big really got released from WWE. We don't really have anything like major new developing in AEW land because we're, you know, on the cusp of CM Punk debuting this week and, you know, Daniel Bryan getting closer to showing up. So things aren't, uh, you know, as crazy as they have been the last couple of weeks. And that's good because we have a lot of wrestling to recap today. Let's start off with Elevation from last Monday. There were seven matches. I think the show was right around 40 to 50 minutes long. It wasn't too long this week. And honestly, the show wasn't that good this week. Elevation kind of was, it was just okay. It was just okay. Red Velvet defeated Renee Michelle. Captain Sean Dean defeated Pretty Peter Avalon. Hikaru Shida defeated Tesha Price. Joey Janela finally turned heel on Sunny Kiss. They were going to have a tag team match, but it never ended up happening because during the, uh, the entrance of Janela and Sunny Kiss, he like blindsided Sunny Kiss from behind and, uh, you know, did the full heel turn. So that happened. Brian Cage defeated RSP. Jade Cargill defeated Amber Nova. Jurassic Express defeated Carly Bravo and Cyrus. And then in the main event, Lucha Bros defeated the Seidel Brothers. There's only two things worth going back and checking out the Joey Janela heel turn and the main event. Everything else, I honestly didn't care for. Like, <laughs> It's okay to have it on in the background, but nothing was really making me look up and pay attention that much. However, Dark from Tuesday the 10th is a completely different story. So, first of all, we have to mention that Dark was jam-packed this past week. It had 17 matches. That's insane. Initially, it was announced at 18 matches, and the acclaimed were initially announced, and they were going to be going up against, you know, two of the regular jobbers that they use on on dark and elevation 
But after the match was announced, like three hours later, they reannounced Dark, and instead of 18 matches being advertised, it was down to 17. And everybody noticed that the acclaimed match was the one that was nixed. And then as more and more stuff came out, we've since found out that Max Caster, who at your show, Dan, at the end of last month, you know, did that rap for... Dark, I have it recorded that, on my yeah, phone. Yeah, you have, you have the full the, thing on your phone. Yeah, I have the entire thing. So. Yeah, and, and, and if you post that anywhere, it will get taken down. Like, uh, pe- pe- one, people yeah. have uploaded it, and it's been, like, DMCA'd and stuff. AEW does not want that on there. So. Oh, of course not, no. That That is a rare piece it of footage you own yeah, on your I phone. Mean, yeah, exactly. I might be able to sell it, like, as an NFT in a few maybe, years. Maybe you can. Maybe you can make a couple hundred thousand off yeah, of it. Yeah, there we go. Retirement. Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> the Max Caster rap <laughs> that got him fired. $100,000. Let's go. But uh, yeah, so right now he's on some thin ice with Tony Khan and AEW management. And it seems like he's now there's conflicting reports. Some reports are saying that he's been suspended for two months without pay and has to go through the same sensitivity training that Sammy Guevara went through. And there's other reports saying that that's not the case. However, as we'll see tomorrow night on Dark or maybe it's the night on Elevation, I don't know. Anthony Bowens is in singles action. And he has, like, not a new look, but a new theme. So it's not looking good for the acclaimed as a tag team. Oh, no. Okay, well, I mean, that's it's kind of what you get. You know, you got to be careful with what you say, which is unfortunate because they were a very great tag team. They were a good tag team. They were fun in the ring, and they had a great gimmick. Like, I really like that rap freestyle gimmick. Like, John Cena had it back in the day, too. I'm, I'm really a big fan of it. But you, you just got to be smarter. Anyway, yep. seven, 17 matches from Dark. Thunder Rosa defeated Zeta Zhang. Red Velvet defeated Skylar Moore. 2.0 defeated Adrian Alanis and Liam Gray. Bear Country defeated Chaos Project. Darby Allen defeated Invictus Cash. Cutie Marshall defeated Allen Angels. Hikaleu defeated Thad Brown. Nyla Rose defeated Valentina Rossi. Daniel Garcia defeated Fuego Del Sol. Penelope Ford defeated Sahara Seven. Sean Spears and Wardlow defeated Seth Gargas and Ripper Zabisco, who is related to Larry Zabisco. TH2 defeated Jay Freddy and Marcus Cross. Lucha Bros defeated JD Drake and Cesar Bononi. Ty Conti defeated Robin Renegade. Private Party defeated Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Utah. Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Colt Cabana defeated David Ramos, Jake Manning, and Joey Sweets. And then Alex Reynolds, John Silver, and Ten defeated Dean Alexander, Arjun Singh, and TIM. 17 matches. <laughs> And seven of them are worth going back and checking out. Like half of Dark was so fucking good, dude. This was a this was a pretty damn good show for and even the matches that I didn't pick are all still like, you know, they're they're supplemental throughout the ones that I did pick that, you know, they held my attention throughout. Like I pretty much paid attention to this entire two hour show without playing my switch much, which is which is pretty good because I usually play my switch through most of these things and, and not pay attention that much. Go check out Thunder Rosa and Zeta Zhang. Zeta Zhang, she was the uh, she, she was an NXT for several years, never really used that often. And then she was the first female ever signed to major league wrestling and it seems now she might be doing some stuff with AEW as well so uh go check that match out 2.0 adrian alanis and liam gray was a fan fucking tastic tag team match as was bear country and chaos project cutie marshall and alan angels was a pay-per-view quality match dude it was like an a plus match it was like 12 minutes long they told an amazing story uh my god match of the night match of the week nah no 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 can't say that but match match of the match 
match of the night for sure. Cutie Marshall and Allen Angels. Uh, Daniel Garcia and Fuego Del Sol was really good. Lucha Bros, J.D. Drake says, been anytime you got the Lucha Bros, and I'm going to fucking worth watching. Yep. And then Private Party and Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Utah really tore the house down as well. Wheeler Utah is getting better and better every single week. And he was actually a part of that NJPW Resurgence show I watched last night, too. He was in a uh, a six-man tag on there, so that was cool oh, to okay. see. Uh, AEW was all over the place, dude. So they have their own shows, obviously, Dynamite Rampage, but they were heavily involved in Triple Mania and they were heavily involved in New Japan Resurgence. So it's so cool to see Tony Khan busting down these forbidden doors and like, you know, Brian Cage teaming with Black Taurus from Impact on Triple Mania in a in a three-way dance with the Lucha Bros also in the match. And my God, dude, that, what a pay-per-view. Triple Mania was amazing last night. So it's so cool that AEW is like just, they have their foot in the door of every promotion. And then you look over here off to the side and there's fucking Vince McMahon and WWE just like standing out in the rain, looking through the window all sad because nobody gives a shit. Like all these other rest, all these other wrestling companies are doing so well now working together and then WWE is struggling. <laughs> no, it's, it, no, it is. It's actually what AEW has been able to come into the game and do. And yeah, again, having all these forbidden doors down and everybody working together is great. I will say that I did watch the Roman Reigns John Cena promo. Me too. And I, wa- that was- I watched SmackDown, dude. I, I watched SmackDown because I've been in a pretty a, a deep rut lately. And I just had it on in the background. It was actually not bad. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, shocking to say, but it actually wasn't a bad show at all. It wasn't bad. Uh, it's not to say that I will ever put SmackDown on. Hey, you know, I, again, background noise from time to time. Correct. I, I know SummerSlam is this Saturday. I will probably watch that just because it is SummerSlam and it's being, you know, touted as a bigger deal than WrestleMania this year because WrestleMania was only in front of 25,000 and COVID was still kind of, I mean, I know COVID. COVID's still an issue with all the new variants and whatever case, whatever. But this time it's in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, and I believe the stadium's sold out, and they're going to have, like, a fucking ton of fans there. So uh, it's going to be crazy. Everyone will have to be wearing a mask, though, which they were last night, too, at um, because the the New Japan show was at the— Oh, it was in California, right? It was in California at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum where USC plays. And, you know, they're kind of in that, you know, if you're in a large gathering, you have to wear a mask as well. So I think, uh, man, because I know Pittsburgh was like that. But if you noticed in the crowds as we transition to talk about Dynamite and Rampage, a large portion of the crowd wasn't wearing their masks. Which I don't blame them, man. Like in a in an indoor setting like that, coming from somebody that wears glasses and is easily, you know, overheats and sweats all the time, wearing them indoors surrounded by a bunch of people is tough. Like I'd rather just not go. You know what I mean? I'd rather just not go at that point. So while we went, you know, my wife's pregnant, so we're trying to be a little more careful. We're both vaccinated, whatever. Um but we, we and we got aisle seats because she was going to be pregnant and she needs to use the bathroom more than most people. So anyways, the only time we really put them on is like when we got to our seats, we took them off. And then like sometimes if it was in between matches and there was a lot of people moving up and like down, walking around and shit, yeah, yeah. we would slap our masks on real quick. But for the most part, you know, uh, the, the people sitting around us weren't like crazy and, and obnoxious. So it was kind of nice. So, yeah, we just warmed for like a few minutes when people were walking around. But for the most part, we didn't have our mask on either i think there's a way you can be smart about it yeah absolutely so 
Uh, but man, what great shows we had from Pittsburgh this week. I wish I could have been there live for these shows, yeah. man. Because you know, I'm not I'm not that far from Pittsburgh over here in central, well, not even central, sort of northeast Ohio. But uh, unfortunately, did not pick up tickets for either of these two shows. That's okay. We'll start with Dynamite from last Wednesday. We've got seven takeaways to talk about here. Takeaway number one, kicking things off the way they did. Trio's action. We had Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks defeating the Seidel brothers and Dante Martin. And I'm just going to say this was the match of the night already. Like, they kicked off in such a strong way, and it was by far the match of the night. Yeah, uh, Dynamite always, for the most part, seems to really start, like, they pick a great match to start off with. You know, they don't get us warmed up. Like, we get straight into it. So, yeah. Just not last week when we talked about Hoovy and uh, Jericho. Yeah, that was pretty rough. Um, Yeah, but no, uh, Dante Martin, you know, it's nice to see him uh, getting some time. Seidel Brothers, you know, Young Bucks. Yeah, this this was a good match. It was a great way to kick it off. Um, I enjoyed this match, and I I think I'm on the same page with you. I think this was the match of the night. It's impressive to me that Dante Martin, who I think is still just 19 years old. I don't think he's turned 20 yet. No, I think they might have referenced that, yeah, just again with how young is. It's insane. And has been doing this single stuff since his brother Darius Martin got injured earlier this year when they were you know doing their tag stuff as top flight and ever since he's been kind of on his own like he's been having these fairly incredible matches every single week or every couple weeks whenever he's featured on either Elevation or Dark and then you know you see him sparingly on Dynamite the last time we saw him on Dynamite was when he lost to Miro for the TNT title I believe Uh, yeah I think you're right and that was a good match and he looked good in that match but that was like two months ago or so. And since that point, I mean, he continues to get better every single week. And this match, some of the shit he was doing in the ring with Kenny Omega. Yeah. Dante Martin became a legit star this past week on Dynamite. Like, he looked better in that match than I think anybody else outside of maybe Kenny Omega. Uh, no, I agree with that. And I, I think, it again, it's so cool what AEW does is they're not afraid to showcase some of their young talent. You know, they're not afraid to put uh, Dante Martin in the same ring with Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega doesn't have that ego where he's too good to be in the ring with somebody like that. You know, like I, that's what I love about AEW. It's just they love the young talent. They love to give them the spotlight. They love to put them with to big guys because that's how you're going to learn, right? That's the only way Dante Martin's going to learn is to get into the ring with guys like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, even the Seidel brothers, you know? I mean, they've been around the game for a while. So it's nice for them to just be able to just learn and, and get the spotlight and get a little bit of taste of what that's like. So, again, hats off to what Tony Khan and AEW does. Yeah, and hopefully... Like, after that performance, we'll start seeing Dante Martin regularly on Dynamite and Rampage. Yeah. I I feel like he's earned his spot, dude. No, me too. Me too. He's He's absolutely earned his spot. Takeaway number two, we had singles action. Darby Allen defeated Daniel Garcia. There's kind of this... uh, this little program going on right now between Darby, Sting, Daniel Garcia, and 2.0. And I really enjoyed this match, too. I thought, you know, Daniel Garcia, again, sort of in the same boat as Dante Martin. He's been a regular on either Dark or Elevation, has kind of been, you know, cutting his teeth there, getting better. And now that they've kind of stuck him with 2.0, I feel like he's just getting better now. 
And this match, which I didn't think was going to last as long as it did, I feel like it was right or like right around or over ten minutes long. Like everyone just assumed Darby was going to run through Daniel Garcia, but that didn't happen. This wasn't a squash match at all. And I'm so glad because Daniel Garcia, while he doesn't have this like amazing aura or look about him, he can really go in the ring. And this match was fun to watch. Yeah, I, same thing uh, with uh, that you felt. I thought this was just going to be a quick, you know, Darby Allen kind of kicks ass and, and that's it. But no, this match ended up being a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And yeah, I'm starting to really be impressed with what uh, Daniel Garcia is doing in the ring. And, you know, again, to be able to do it with Darby Allen, um, who is another, you know, great talent. Uh, it, yeah, they put on a pretty damn good match. Yeah, and it led to a tag team match getting announced yeah. for uh, next week or this week technically on Wednesday for Dynamite. So yeah, that Sting. Pro- yeah, Sting and Darby. Yeah, so that probably will be maybe the last time we see them working with 2.0 and, and Daniel Garcia. I don't necessarily know. I have a feeling Darby's going to be tied up with CM Punk here relatively soon. So we'll have to see what happens. Though takeaway number three, we had more trios action. And I, I wish they would get these fucking trio titles into the picture. Yeah, they really need to get on that. <laughs> Tony Khan, if you're listening, please hurry up with them trio belts. I know. We have so many trios matches at this point. We really need to get those fucking titles in, into the rotation. So that way, you know, we, we can just have more... I guess stakes at hand. Yeah, there needs to be some more like yeah. There there needs to be that uh, another belt or something. They need they need the trios titles terribly bad. Yeah, and they need another singles belt at this point. Like there's so many shows. You got Dark Elevation, Dynamite, Rampage, and you still only have. The world title, the TNT title, the tag titles, and the women's title. Well, I think, again, and and we may have talked about this before I kind of stepped away from the show, but I thought we talked about where they needed to do like a dark or dark elevation belt where then the person that has that belt can cash it in. Uh, Yeah, no, that'd be such a fucking smart idea. Right, and then that way you got something where it kind of makes... The, the rankings or the matches in darker, dark elevation a little bit more where and then you have a belt on that brand that you can see a little bit more. And then, you know, that person can use it for uh, to cash it in for a TNT opportunity or something like that. You don't necessarily have to make it the AEW championship opportunity, but maybe make it where they get uh, a main event match on Dynamite for the TNT belt. And then uh, it would just be another cool thing to see. And then yeah, once just, that person just something and then if that person wins or loses then or Regardless, you know, you're cashing in that chance, so then you you lose the belt, and then you could do like a tournament or something on uh, Dark or Dark Elevation, and then crown another champion or something. And then when they want to cash it in, you know, that's just it, it was just it's something different. Because when you think about it, Dark and Elevation, I think have never, or if they did, it's only been once or twice had a title match on either of the shows. So they're usually just, you know, glorified Correct. squash matches in yeah. order to showcase the the people that are signed against the people that are not signed. But it would be nice to have some sort of title or something on, on the either of those shows. Or or even if Tony Khan didn't want to do that, just like another singles title, mid card title, entry level title, just yeah. something for mm-hmm. for some of these people that, you know, like that aren't getting to fight for anything on Dynamite or or Rampage. So I, I do yeah, hope that. Yeah, because you have so the, much talent and you literally have two belts. And besides they're getting the ready to belts. add all this other star power and CM Punk and Brian yeah. Danielson and Bray Wyatt and fuck man, there's got to be more than just the world title. Yeah, there we needs need to be more. more. There needs to be more. They need a universal title. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> 
<laughs> take also we already mentioned it. Takeaway number three: Trio's action. Matt Hardy and Private Party defeated Best Friends, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Wheeler Utah. This match was okay. I I enjoyed it. It was interesting, but it was also kind of clunky. It was like yeah. I don't, I, don't party. Know, I don't know what's going on in this match here. Yeah, both b- best friends looked fine, but something was up with Matt Hardy and Private Party. They they yeah. were not on they were not in sync, I guess no, is what I'm trying to say. And, and their very, timing was their timing yeah, was off it on was, certain things. It was very weird and yeah, there was a few like missed moments and it just really stopped like the the momentum of the of the match and it was it was very hard at, at some points to kind of been like to really get into. But again, you know, getting to see more Wheeler Utah, who, yeah. uh, like I said, is just continues to get better every single time we see him. I thought he did great in this match. Um, he he is such a fitting replacement right now for for Trent, who is going to be out for several more months. So I'm such glad they were shame, able to kind. Of, I know. Uh. But I, here's the thing: I hope that once Trent comes back, I hope Wheeler Utah gets to kind of stick around in the group because he fits in so nicely with them, and. The way AEW has been handling their factions and their groups, it really does remind me a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I know we've kind of mentioned that before, but like in New Japan, you have these groups like Bullet Club, you have these groups like Chaos, and they've existed for like, I think Chaos has been around for like 30 or 40 years as a faction. And they, they just continuously like cycle members. And like right now, the leader of the Bullet Club is Jay White, but it used to be like Kenny Omega and it used to be Finn Balor and it used to be Tomatonga and it used to be Adam Cole. Like there's been, say, yeah, Cole, there's been yeah. so many like leaders of the Bullet Club and so many iterations of the Bullet Club that I feel like AEW is kind of going in that same direction. Like. Best friends is best friends, but they can cycle out the members like Hardy Family Office is probably going to be Hardy Family Office, but they cycle out the members. Team Tazzles like I just like the way they're doing it because it's like it's not just a set group. Correct. It's more like it's more like an MMA school. You know what I yeah. mean? Like the yeah, way that no, that I, works. I, I totally get that. Yeah. It gives them like a chance to like be with a group. And then when they're ready to go solo, we, you know, there doesn't have yeah. to be like a heel turn or a, right. you know, you can just, they're just leave no the, longer part yeah, of that group. Exactly. Yeah. I like so, it. So I like it too. Uh, takeaway number four, we had our women's action of the night. Chris Statlander defeated Nyla Rose. This match was actually way shorter than I thought it was going to be. Um, I was a bit surprised at that because Nyla Rose didn't get that much offense in and Chris Statlander kind of dominated this entire thing. So, yeah, I felt like, uh, you know, we were so excited when Vicky Guerrero came and got put with Nyla Rose, but I really feel like they haven't now. They really haven't done much with it. It hasn't evolved into anything like. No, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, uh, a good. I'm I'm glad to see Chris Stratlander picking up the win and, and getting some momentum here because I, uh, me and the wife were talking. It would her and um, Britt Baker would be a one hell of a match. And it seems like they are obviously you know yep. moving in that direction. We still don't know who Britt Baker is going to be going up against that all out yet. Could be Chris Statlander, but I mean it could also still be Thunder Rosa as well. It's either it's yeah. one of those two. Yeah, I mean exactly. It's one of those two. We just don't know exactly which has, one's going to be yet. Has uh, has Stratlander and Thunder Rosa had a match yet? I don't think so. Okay, I didn't think so either. I just yeah. wanted to double check. It, that it, would it be is, a very it good is match. a match I'd like to see though for yeah, sure. Me, yeah, me and you both. Um. 
Nyla Rose is in a very interesting place, though, and I wonder what's going to happen as as some of these other girls, you know, start making their debut into AEW. Um, you know, we had a debut that we'll talk about on Rampage here in a little bit. Obviously, we know Ruby Soho is going to be showing up here within the next few weeks, most likely at All Out during the Casino Battle Royale for the women. So, I, yeah, I almost the women's feel like- division's about to get a little crowded. Yeah, and, and I mean, like with with Nyla Rose kind of taking this squash loss and not really been been doing much lately. No, nope, she hasn't. I, I she's in a really weird spot. But the cool thing is that, like, I think it's was Cody in an interview a few weeks ago or something was saying how you know there is no like ceiling to the amount of talent that could be with an AEW. Like they'll bring in anybody. It's just we might not use you all the time. So. They're not gonna fi- they're not gonna fire them though over it. Like they're not gonna no, get rid of them. No, and I think people know that coming in, and I think that's a nice thing. Like with WWE, you sign and you expect you know you get promised the world, and then you're stuck on mid card and shitty ass storylines. I think here they're kind of hey, this is kind of what we're gonna do. And sometimes you might be showcased, and you're gonna be putting on some good matches, and then other times you might be on the back burner for a little bit. But I think the talent knows that coming in, and I think being able to have creative creative freedom, and to me. It's it seems like being in a more healthy environment is better than, oh, yeah. you know, so. The nice thing is, though, they do have dark and elevation where they continue Correct. to yep. put people that, you know, aren't necessarily involved in storylines just to still get them, get them in some front matches. of a crowd, get yep. them in matches. Exactly. And I mean, Elevation and Dark has been surprisingly successful on YouTube. Like they're good shows and we talk yeah. about them weekly. So. <laughs> It's okay that, you know, they, they just reminds me a lot of like the way WWE was back in the early 90s with superstars and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, your established stars that everybody knows defeating people that they don't really know that well. Correct. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, takeaway number five, we had the Impact Tag Team titles on the line. The Good Brothers defeated Evil Uno and Stu Grayson to retain those titles. I was sort of hoping, as we talked about last week, that uh, Uno and Grayson would win. But, man... I'm not surprised to see the Good Brothers retain the titles here. Um, Eva Luno and Stu Grayson, though, they they are just so good together in the ring. This match was another prime example of that. I do hope that one way or another they get to hold some tag title gold, whether it's just the basic tag titles or the trios titles when they show up, whatever. Uno and Grayson have been so good, and I, I do hope they get recognized for that in the future. No, I agree. I kind of wish they would have let them win the belts because that would have been too. a holy shit moment. Like, it would have been do cool. It. it was unexpected. It would have been a fucking crazy. Crazy surprise. Like sometimes I, I, you know, wish that AEW would just do something like that because it would have been like. Well, they do. Oh, well, we'll talk, we'll talk about well, it in a few minutes. Yeah, they do. Very true. Very true. <laughs> but it would have been really cool. Like you said, uh, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson have been really coming into their own and they deserve to have some kind of gold around their waists. Yeah. But then I remembered as I was watching New Japan Resurgence last night that the Good Brothers were in a tag match against John Moxley and a mystery opponent, which ended up being Yuji Nagata, which I thought was fucking awesome. So that means Mox earned his respect the last time that yeah. uh, they wrestled for the IWGP US title on Dynamite. Uh, it was an okay match at, at the Resurgence, but it made sense for the Good Brothers still to have those titles for that match. So 
Uh, takeaway number six. We had an in-ring segment between QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Tony Schiavone. And this was supposed to be like QT apologizing to Tony for dumping that, was it a milkshake or a coffee or a latte uh, or something all yeah, over? Yeah, it was some oh, kind of thicker liquid. Yeah, all over Shivani. And um, Cutie's like, no, 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 you got my words twisted. I said there would be an apology, but I wouldn't be the one <laughs> delivering it. You need to apologize to me, Tony Shivani. And um, I guess Shivani's son, I don't remember what his name, his first name was. I unfortunately don't remember. But Tony Shivani's son was there at the show, and they had him ringside for this segment. So that way uh, Aaron Solo and Cutie Marshall could, like, pull him out and, you know, bring him into the ring and kind of start punching him and whatever. And this brought out Paul White who debuted his new theme, which kind of sounds like his WWE theme. It even starts out as the, well, something like that. I don't know exactly how it goes, but uh, he comes down to the ring and holy shit, he got physical. He actually chokeslammed Aaron Solo. So it seems maybe, are we going to get Paul White v. Cutie Marshall? I think we are, and I, I, you know, this segment was short, but I actually really liked this segment. Um, I don't hate that either, and... It's it's a match that I wasn't expecting for Paul White. Like when they announced that he was signing and he was going to be a, you know, commentator for Elevation and he was doing this ambassador stuff whatever, but we kind of knew that he would probably wrestle too. Cutie Marshall wasn't the first person I thought of for an opponent against the Big Show. No, I mean, same here. Kind of, you know, kind of came out of left field, but it makes sense with just It makes what, total sense because, yeah. you know, Tony Schiavone is Big Show or Paul White. I keep calling it Big Show. It's Paul White's announced partner for Elevation. So, of course, he's going to have, like, a personal attachment to what's going on here. And it gets Paul White into a match that, you know, it doesn't have to be against someone like Kenny Omega. Correct. Or, or it doesn't need like to be that. a main yeah. event match. It doesn't. And we get to see Paul White wrestle in AEW. So I think and it may not cool. even be at all out. Like, it may not even be a pay-per-view match. No, you're right. Yeah. So it, it, could, it could be. be like, it, it could be 100%. It could be like a opening. What do they call the, the buy-in? Or, it totally could be. Yeah. Yeah. So totally could be. So we'll have to see where this goes. Our seventh and final takeaway from Dynamite this past Wednesday was the fourth labor of Jericho. We had Chris Jericho defeating Wardlow, as expected, and we kind of were wondering how this was going to happen. I thought MJF was going to be the referee. We talked about that last week. That's what I thought. Didn't they make that clear that he was going to be the referee? That's what I thought they had said. But Did they change it? I think plans must have changed, like... It, it had to have changed, right? Because MJF wasn't the referee. He was just down there at ringside again. Um, this match, again, it wasn't amazing. I don't think it was... I don't think it was that strong of a main event. I think... I think they probably should have either ended... I like how they opened with that trios match with the Elite. And I think that should have stayed where it was. However, they probably could have ended with... Uh, uh, the the Impact Tag Titles. I think maybe that would have made more sense. Nah, yeah, yeah. But this match just, it was fun. It was good, but there were also some moments that I thought were a little, you know, sloppy or issues. <sighs> I think, I don't know if Jericho's just getting tired. He's just slowing he, down, man. He's just slowing yeah, down. I mean, exactly. It's, he's 50 years old. I mean, Cur- yeah. 
he's just it's it's getting to be about that time. And now that he's, you know, been confirmed as an announcer for Rampage, obviously, we know that he's winding down this. It's been rumored that this Labors of Jericho program is sort of like a mini retirement. We know now that Jericho defeated Wardlow. Uh, he'll be going against MJF next week in the fifth labor. I can't imagine <laughs> that's the end of it. Something has to happen. There has to be a pay-per-view match, right? That's what I mean. Like, if, if this is Jericho's really goodbye, like, it's got to be at a pay-per-view. So, or goodbye to wrestling for now. I don't know that it is, but if that is what this is, it has to be done in the pay-per-view. So, No, I um, agree. Yeah, that's the way Jericho's got to go out. But they announced because Jericho did win this match that when he is wrestling MJF next week, Chris Jericho cannot do anything with Judas. He can't use the Judas effect (laughs) as his move, and he cannot walk out to the Judas theme. He has to come out to dead silence. All those poor fans won't be able to sing along with him. No, they're still going to. Oh, they're going to sing. Yeah, I know. They're going to sing him out. So as soon as he starts walking out, I guarantee the crowd is just going to start off with, you know, you are beautiful on the inside. And then you're just going to keep going and it's going to look and it's going to be an amazing moment for TV. Oh, yeah, have this sure. entire crowd singing the theme in dead silence. It's going to be sick, dude. Um, I, I And I think that's why they're doing it, because they know this crowd's probably going to do it. Correct. Talking about star rating for Dynamite, it was an OK show. Like it wasn't as strong as as previous ones we've talked about it was it was fun i still enjoyed it from start to finish it's better than anything wwe's produced in so long but it definitely falls short to some of the shows that they've been doing and it shows because this week they did dip under a million viewers for the first time in the four week span so i think they were just under it was like 900 yeah something, it wasn't so. they didn't miss it by much no it was like 970 or 980,000 or something so they didn't miss it by much but there still was a dip because they were you know holding strong at like 1.1 for four weeks or so. Um, I, I think I would stick a three-star tag on this one with with the, you know, the five-star opening match, the outlier. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it, well, yeah. The, the, I, I but almost that, match, wanna... that match being five stars can't save the show from being anything no, other than it three can't, stars. No, it can't because, you, yeah, we did. I, I'm going to go two and a half because I think I enjoyed it a little less than last week's and last week I gave three. Now, yeah. again, again, that's... I still enjoyed watching it. I can watch every match. I'm not, you know, bored with it, but I feel like it was a little off. Two and a half stars for me. I think we've got some good shows to look forward to, though. Oh, we do. Um, We do. Next week on Dynamite from Houston, Texas, we've got three matches confirmed so far as a time of recording for the tag team titles. The Young Bucks will be defending against Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. That should be awesome. That should be really good. I'm excited for that. Me too. A match I know you're looking forward to, Sean Spears going one-on-one against Sammy Guevara. And they said uh, Sammy Guevara will have a special announcement as well. So Yeah, I'm curious, very curious to know what that's going to be. Yeah, and it'll be nice to see, obviously, Sean Spears in singles action on Dynamite. And then we already mentioned it earlier, we got tag team action, Darby Allin and Sting. And this is Sting's first match on TNT. Every other match he's had so far has been on pay-per-view. So kind of cool that this match is on TNT. They'll be going up against 2.0. And this match should be so fun. I'm really looking forward to this one. No, me too. Yeah, it's like you said, we've been talking about 2.0 and whatnot. So it's it's nice to finally see them. And yeah, to to be able to wrestle against Sting. I mean, how cool is that? I don't know if 2.0 is signed but i guarantee you they will be soon like yeah it's it's gonna happen they've earned that contract oh 100 <laughs> percent. 
We got to talk about Rampage, too. Rampage, we Friday do. the 13th, baby. Another show in Pittsburgh. We got three takeaways. Uh, I, I like how they did Rampage. It seems like there's always going to be, like, two or three matches on there, and they focus on the matches, and they do, yeah. like, I don't know. This was a really strong presentation. I like the way they did this. I will say, before we start talking about the uh, actual matches itself, we do have to mention the four-man booth, as we talked about last week on the show. Uh, it's Excalibur, Taz, Mark Henry, and Chris Jericho. That is way too many people. <laughs> For a one-hour show, yes, it is one too many. Um, now, I Mark know they had Mark, Mark Henry, Henry needs to just, I think, be Backstage. On, exactly. Yeah. I, I think they need to keep him out of the booth. Uh, I, I get it. This was his first, like commentating debut. This is the first time he's ever sat behind a booth and did it. It sounded kind of awkward. I know he would get better with time, but even that being the case, four people is still too much for a one hour show. Yeah. I, I think it should just be Excalibur and Taz in all honesty, but Jericho being added to it makes sense. It does. You're going to get him that, you know, give him that commentary. Yeah. Um, but having Mark Henry, you know, kind of be the be the wandering sideline reporter or whatever, talking to people after their matches and before their matches, like like an NFL program, that just yeah. makes a lot of sense. No, I agree. So I really like the way they did this. Uh, this crowd was on fire. This crowd was so much better than the crowd we had for Dynamite. Again, same location, same arena, but this crowd was on absolute fire. Uh, takeaway number one, we had the Impact and TNA titles on the line, and Dan, they did it. <laughs> Christian Cage defeated Kenny Omega to become the new Impact Heavyweight Champion in a fucking amazing match, dude. This was an incredible match from start to finish. Both guys looked so strong. The way they, the only like blunder that I think that there was throughout the match was how long the ref was distracted at the end. Yes. It just seemed so unnatural, yeah. but it worked. Like everything about this, the the kill switch onto the chair to get the victory. Like Christian just looked so good in this ring, dude. And man. I just got to, you know, hats off, first of all, to Kenny Omega. I just, I got to give him props, dude. This is now, after after Rampage, he would go on last night to Triple Mania to wrestle a third time in four days. So Dynamite was live on Wednesday. He had that amazing trios match to kick things off. Rampage was live on Friday, an amazing match with Christian Cage that went like 30 minutes or almost 30 minutes. The opening match to Dynamite went, I want to say, actually, I can look right here because I have the time slots. The opening match to Dynamite went 12 minutes. And then last night at Triple Mania, he defended and retained the AAA heavyweight title against Andrade El Idolo in like a 20-plus minute match. And all three of those matches, all which were live, and again, all in the span of four days, were like five-star matches. We have to recognize there is not a single better wrestler in this world right now than Kenny Omega. Uh... I, I mean, I can't argue with that. Um, and I'm just glad that uh, AEW is around to show me Kenny Omega because I had never seen a Kenny Omega match until AEW. Uh, my wife is at my wife. It loves Kenny Omega. It's like her favorite wrestler right now. So it's it, yeah. What he is doing is just fucking amazing. And, I can't uh, wait for the Kenny Omega VCM Punk match. <laughs> I cannot wait. Best in the world v. Best in the world. Like, I can't wait. Because honestly, right now, 
Truth be told, Kenny Omega is probably better than CM Punk. Uh, no, I agree. I wish you could take like CM Punk like right CM as he Punk left. CM Punk in his prime. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like that would be so good. Like from seven years ago. The promos <laughs> that they could cut on each other. The wrestling matches. It's they still going to be great. Oh when no, it happens, it's going to yeah. It's going to be fire when it happens. One hundred percent agree with that. Man, I can't wait for that. But yeah, Kenny Omega, like we just got to give a shout out to how amazing he actually is right now. And I think this is just a minor setback. Like there there are some because he did retain the AAA title against Andrade, which I thought maybe Andrade would win that AAA title at Triple Mania and then go on to defend it against Pac at All Out because we know they're wrestling against each other at the pay-per-view now. But with Omega dropping the Impact and TNA titles, this now opens up the door for Christian Cage, who is going on to, I think it's the 20th, this Friday, um, is the Impact monthly special. I forget what, Emergence, I think is what they're calling it. Um, Christian is defending those titles now against Brian Myers, the former, uh, what was his fucking name in WWE? I don't even remember. Uh, I don't know. Brian Myers, Kurt, Kurt Hawkins. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was sitting here, I could not think of it. So that's the main event at this one. And honestly, I feel like Christian Cage is going to retain because it wouldn't make any sense to have him beat Kenny Omega and then lose to Brian Myers. That would just yeah. seem kind of out of place. That would be a WWE move. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm now thinking that because we know Christian Cage is also challenging Kenny Omega at All Out for the AEW title, I have a feeling this match is going to become title for title. Yeah, no, I think so, too. And uh, I have a feeling Kenny Omega gets back the Impact and TNA titles. Me, too. Uh, that's kind of where I think it's going. Um, it's still, I think this is great storytelling. Like, no, this is I do, so too, cool. because nobody was expecting this. Right. Great storytelling. A great way to get people, like, talking about Rampage. But it also is great storytelling because now you can have a title v title match in the main event. They that that could be a main event match. Now we were talking about how you know Omega and Christian didn't feel like it could main event all out with the you know debut of CM Punk and how he could be taking on somebody maybe Darby or whatever, and people were going to be talking about that. But now that this could be title for title, this could actually close the show. And seeing how amazing this match was on Rampage, you know it's going to be even better on the pay per view. So that actually could be a main event now. For Christian not wrestling for seven years and coming back and doing what he's doing and put on that kind of a match was just fucking amazing. So, yeah, this was a great, great match. And I, I was a big, big Christian fan, uh, you know, in WWE and even back um, when he was making his run for Impact the first time. So it was really cool. I think it was very fitting for him to win this match in those belts. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm very excited to see where this is going. And, uh, yeah, again, you can't say enough about Kenny Omega. I'm trying to find the tweet right now. It would have had to have been at some point right after Rampage. But Sean Ross Sapp on Twitter who from Fightful Select, and if you're not following him and if you're not subscribed to Patreon for Fightful Select, you really should be. What, what, what they're doing over there and breaking news and everything like that has been really cool. But he shared this interesting tidbit about Christian and the world titles he's won, and I want to read this. So, Christian won the world heavyweight title belt established in WCW and NWA, but he won it in WWE. He won the NWA world title, but he won it when he was signed to TNA. He won both the TNA and Impact world titles, but he did so 
when he was signed to AEW. And he won the ECW title, but he did so in WWE. Oh, wow. Yeah. So every world title he's won has not been like the world title of the promotion he actually works for. It's been a promotion (laughs) of somebody else, but that he also ended up working for eventually. So it's really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, that's what a, what a crazy ass stat that is. And uh, I will just say that shout out to uh, to Brian Cage for being coming my new best friend for liking one of my tweets on Twitter. And I uh, also put up a tweet last night saying we need more Viking or El Hijo del Vikingo uh, outside of AAA immediately. And I tagged Tony Khan to uh, to make it happen. Uh, just about an hour ago, Ihel Del Vikingo liked my tweet. So are you serious? That's <laughs> yeah. that's fucking awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so hopefully he wants to come to to, uh, to AEW because man, he makes Ray Phoenix look like an amateur. Which is insane, because how many times have we talked about Ray Phoenix and how fucking great a matches he has? Ali Hildad Vikingo did this, like, reverse 450 splash onto, like, two dudes on the outside of the ring from the top rope. So, the 450, but backwards. <laughs> and he did it by just, like, running, jumping, jumping up in the air, turning around, and then just doing it, all in the span of, like, two seconds. It That's insane. Amazing. Like, so good. So good. Um, anyway, takeaway number two from Rampage. We had the TNT title on the line. Miro defeated and retained against Fuego del Sol. And the, the stipulation was if Fuego was able to win this match, he would get a contract to become All Elite. Obviously, that didn't happen. Miro got the victory here. But this match was booked perfectly. Miro, you know, coming out to the ring, I always love when his theme hits because he just, he looks better than he ever has in his career. He looks unstoppable. He comes in, he gets into the ring, and Fuego instantly tornado DDT. And then another tornado DDT. And then another fucking tornado DDT. And Miro rolls out to the ring and Fuego's like, count him! Count him! I don't give a shit! I just want to win! I don't care about the title! I thought this match was booked perfectly. And then Miro to slap on the game over and get him to tap, ripping up the contract. This was so good, dude. I loved this match. It was short, but it was everything it needed to be. Uh, no, I agree. Uh, me and the wife talked during or uh, during or after the match, and we just said that Mira's really starting to come into his own. Uh, I'm kind of glad that he got away from the Kip Sabian thing. Like, I think he needs to just be straight up, just a solo wrestler, this godlike figure. He cuts great promos, but he's still like we. we I think we talked about it last week. He can make the uh, the wrestler he's going against look. Very oh, yeah, great, dude, he sold the shit well. out of those yeah. Tornado DDTs. Yes, he did. So just <laughs> the talent there. So I'm really loving what Miro's doing. But yes, I agree with you. The storytelling in this match was perfect. There was a very small glimpse. Like, we kind of, like, you know what it felt like? It felt like when Dolph Ziggler cashed in the day after WrestleMania. I kind of was seeing it. I was kind of getting those vibes where it was like we were seeing it. Like, I don't know. I was just kind of getting a bit was of goosebumps. On fire, dude. Oh, people, yeah. people wanted Miro to get counted out. You know, Fuego to get that contract. Yeah. So, yeah, it was great, great storytelling, and I loved it. And then he ends up, Sammy Guevara comes out. Yeah, yeah, so. he ends up getting a contract. Congratulations yeah, so. to Fuego. So, Tony Khan. You get Khan that feel-good story. 
Yeah, Tony Khan walks out with Sammy Guevara with with a piece of paper in hand, and he whispers something to Sammy. It obviously makes so much sense for Sammy Guevara to be the one to present Fuego with his contract because they are best friends, and Fuego has earned this spot, dude. Like, what is he, 1 in 50 or something like that? It's, it was it's, 1 in 39. It's ridiculous what his yeah. record is. It's, it's the... It's the like worst record in AEW, I believe. Really, to- over Lee Johnson? Because I thought Lee Johnson had a pretty shitty. Uh, Lee, jo- Lee Johnson has more than one win. <laughs> Fuego only has one win, That's, and I believe yeah. I believe it was part of a tag match, not even a singles match. Okay, so he doesn't even have a singles win yet. Um, but he's been there since the you know March of 2020 when the pandemic started, and they got stuck at Daly's place. Like you know, they used all this local talent. He's been there since then, busting his ass, trying to get, like, signed, and has really made the crowd fall in love with him, get behind him. Every city is so behind Fuego, chanting his name. It was just inevitable that he was going to get this contract. And in this booking, like, it's amazing to me that Tony Khan has only been doing this for two years because he just gets it, man. This was such a feel-good moment. This was... Better than, again, anything we've seen feel good moment-wise on WWE TV in probably the last 20 years. Uh, well, maybe the whole, the Daniel Bryan thing that happened when he got to win. Okay, the yes movement? Yeah, okay. the yes I movement. See, I, yeah, I okay. can argue with you on that. Okay. But yes, besides. I can see I'm, that being a strong argument, too. Yeah, besides that, I'm, I really can't think of anything else. Um, I'm sure maybe Sev will have something once he listens Somebody. to this. Somebody right. will tell us. Somebody will tell us um, how we're wrong. But yeah, just thinking as we're recording this, I yeah. Besides that, I, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. So super excited for Fuego and shit, man. Now we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, we'll it'll see. be curious to see now how they integrate him in. Now that he's become I know all now that elite. he's actually all elite. So will we start seeing him on Dynamite and Rampage more? I hope so. But yeah. uh, we also need to see where Miro goes because we know he's going to be defending that TNT title at the pay per view. We just got to find out against who. So. Malachi Black. Name's Colin. Yeah, could be. Maybe. Or I, I still think we get a Kip Sabian sighting I think, at yeah. some point. No, I, I, I agree with that, too. I really do. So uh, our final takeaway from Rampage this week, our main event, we had the women's title on the line. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Who, D-M-D. I, don't, I just don't get how you book her as a heel anymore. No city is ever going to boo her. Like I get, I get this was her hometown. I get this is Pittsburgh, Britsburg. Like I get all that, but every city is fucking going crazy for Britt Baker. Like, yeah, I mean, red velvet was kind of red like velvet heel. was the ultimate heel on rampage this past yeah, Friday which was night. crazy. I mean, and it's just she was insane. loving it, dude. She tweeted out that she's like, she's like this, this, I will never forget this moment. Like yeah. she was absolutely loving it. You could just tell like good or bad. You, you, it doesn't matter. I think as a professional wrestler, whether you're getting booed or whether you're getting cheered, as long as you're getting some reaction yep. that is super strong, that's all that matters. That's yep. what Roman Reigns, all he cared about. He didn't give a fuck when people didn't like him, and they still don't, and no. he, he shouldn't. But Roman Reigns is at the top of his game, dude. Roman Reigns is the big dog for a reason. Yeah. And, you know, you're right. Like, the shit he's been... You think back to the shit he did with Cena years ago, like the promo that they had, like, four years ago or whatever, the first time they crossed paths. Like, I get people like to give shit to Roman Reigns. There's a reason he's in the spot that he is. Yep. He's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He can storytell, cut promos. He's a good wrestler. 
And uh, I just don't get it, man. So Britt Baker, like, I, I she's got to be a face. It's like, I mean, I get you're going to face turn without making a face turn. Right. Which is you're going to keep booking amazing. her as a heel. Yeah. But here's the thing is like at the pay-per-view, if it's Brit versus Thunder Rosa, if it's Brit versus Chris Statlander, I feel like Brit's going to get more cheers than either of those two. Thunder Ro- Thunder Rosa maybe would get more than Chris Statlander. I have a feeling Statlander would get booed more than cheered if it's her. Well, she Thunder- got booed when she came out she at did. the end of this match. Because and I was like, she oh, made the shit. save. Yeah. She made the save. Because we also, at the, after this match, had the return slash re-debut of Jamie Hayter, who we haven't seen in AEW programming in almost two years. The last time we saw her was when she was tag teaming with uh, B Priestley. When B Priestley was working out of New Japan, B Priestley now, uh, I think her name is Blair Davenport. She works for WWE NXT UK. Like that's where she's signed to now. But um, it was like Fight for the Fallen in 2019, I think maybe somewhere wow. in that area, the last time we saw Jamie Hayter. And back then she had black hair and looked totally different. It's like Correct. a goth look. Now she's got blonde hair and looks totally different. So a lot of people didn't know who she was. A lot However, of people thought it was um, uh, Conti. No, not, no, not, um, no, not her. Um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. The, the girl that was with Dark Order. Anna J. Yes, that's it. A lot of people thought it was Anna J. Because there's a lot of similarities. Correct. But um, this is the backup that Britt Baker was referring to, whether it was last week or two weeks ago. And it might have been last week. I think that actually works because it's somebody that we weren't expecting, and it's somebody that I'm excited that they're using in, in such a strong storyline. Oh, so, yeah. I, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Britt Baker and Red Velvet had a great match. It wasn't spectacular by any means. Like, it wasn't the best Britt Baker match we've ever seen. That would be the one she had with Thunder Rosa, I think, so far. Yeah. But this was a good way to get Red Velvet into the title picture, into a match, not on a pay-per-view, and obviously to have Britt Baker just continue to look like a star in front of her hometown. No, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, this this was a good match. Yeah, um, Red Velvet kind of getting some heelish vibes, and maybe she runs with this. Maybe they... Uh, maybe because, they turn her heel, yeah. Yeah, and they could, and she, because she did very they well with have, it. Because they don't have that many strong female heels right now they really don't yeah yeah absolutely right they don't outside of Britt baker who is not a heel correct yeah like, Nyla Rose I, I, I get is it heel, but i get it that Britt baker is supposed to be your dominant heel yeah but when, when every single crowd is cheering her name yeah and you know going nuts with the dmd chant that's not a heel i'm sorry yeah. so yeah, no they, they, it's <laughs> not and then just her relationship with shivani like when they interview and all that she's not you know very she's not acting heel like she was when she had her the go-kart uh golf and then, can cart you imagine the, if adam cole shows up like because i don't there, know how adam there, cole doesn't show up there were reports that adam cole signed like a million dollar deal he'd be dumb. For, for the main roster but now there's reports that there's not a strong push to sign Adam Cole. And like, there's always such conflicting reports, right? Like you never know what to believe. No. So as we know right now, Adam Cole is going against Kyle O'Reilly on next Sunday, this Sunday, actually at takeover 36, the day after SummerSlam. And that's it. Like that's his last scheduled date. Like that's when his contract extension expires. It's through the 22nd. And that's his contract expiring. He's not getting released. His contract actually expired last month. So 
he could theoretically show up on Dynamite on the 25th. Like, that's a real possibility. Or on Rampage, or at All Out. Like, it's a real possibility that Adam Cole is in AEW within the next two weeks. (laughs) That would be insane. It would be so cool. It would be so cool. Yeah, which actually, and I do, I was going to ask this, and I wanted to save it for the episode for the podcast recording. With everything, with everything that's been going on, with like NXT and how they're shifting away from, in my opinion, what made them successful. Oh yeah, they're going back to like a like a more developmental, yeah, like non non touring, non big match type feel. I saw that, which is dumb, right? Big mistake. Okay, Triple H has built up so much talent, and then it just gets shit on. Well, also the USA Network is is not happy that that change is happening. Like, no, I wouldn't either because that's why you brought it. That's why. (laughs) That's why it's on NXT, TV in the first place. Exactly, because of what it was doing uh, online. It's insane. So here is my question. Is it possible that we get Triple H in AEW? Not necessarily wrestling, but being part of making matches and storylines. Is that possible? I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think so, too. I... I because he think, has to not be happy right now with any of this. I, I think it would be insane. I think it would be and mind-blowing. Like, I, I don't know how, the logistics of how that would necessarily work because of his marriage to Stephanie. He, exactly. But is it possible that, like, Stephanie and Triple H are both upset with Vince McMahon right now? Well, I, I, I think so. I think that is a real possibility. But, you know, just... And and I think that they kind of both understand and realize that when the inevitable happens, whether Vince relinquishes the company before he passes or holds on to it until the day he passes He's away. He's holding on to it to the day he passes away. I don't and see that's, him stepping And that's down. fine if he does, but I feel like the company's going to go to Nick Khan. I don't feel like it's going to go to Triple H and Stephanie. I feel yeah. like it's I feel like it's going to this dude who, you know, came from the outside, this other con, Nick Con, who has been doing and kind of pulling the strings and being in charge of all these releases. It feels like he's gonna take over the company. And maybe they do get upset over that. Maybe they do, you know, kind of sever ties and, and man, that would be it, it wouldn't be anytime soon, right? Like it would no. have to probably be years into the future. But maybe there is a point where Triple H shows up in AEW in like six or seven years or something like that. Not again, not as a wrestler, but no, just because we agree that he can write. He, he did great things with yeah, NXT. And, and yeah. Right. So I, and, and, I, and the same thing, like as soon, uh, there's reports as soon as Ric Flair is able, he is signing with AEW. Like, he walked out to the ring with Andrade in the main event yeah. of Triple Mania last I night. I showed my wife that. She was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, I know, right? Crazy. And he got physical with both Conan and <laughs> yeah. Kenny Omega. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 both him and Andrade locked on dual figure fours to Conan and Andrade. I honestly feel like the entire Flair family, including Charlotte, will be in AEW oh, within the next Charlotte two is AEW oh, bound yeah. 100%. It's so crazy to think about. Like, it's so crazy to think about. It's, it's just... It's insane. Like, the momentum is shifting. It is so but crazy. I did not expect the momentum to shift this much, dude. Like, holy shit. WWE is dropping the fucking ball, and AEW is coming by, picking it up, and being like, 
Peace out. We will look back at this time period in like the next 20 years as a as a revival of professional wrestling and as a pivotal point that like changed a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Like the first two to three years of AEW's existence is it already has been so exciting and it's not going to slow down anytime soon. Yeah. Just imagine if COVID hadn't happened because that really stopped a lot of the momentum. And again, I'll bring this up every time we talk about COVID and AEW. I really hate that Brody Lee didn't get that moment. Me too, man. Me too. I really fucking hate that. It really does suck. It really does. Uh, I want to do star ratings for uh, for Rampage as we do for Dynamite, and and I don't know how I give this anything as a first first show. The <laughs> the stuff I don't know how I don't give this five stars. I, I'm giving it five stars. I don't care what you're giving it. That, yeah, to me, no, that was like, a five I'm, star. I'm giving it five Rampage. stars too. Okay. Like, yeah. I don't. I, and I mean. Obviously, you know, this coming up week on Rampage from Chicago, the first dance. I mean, this might a, be a five and a half star. There's I don't a good chance. Know. There's a good chance that we're sitting at another five star Rampage. I get it. It's only an hour. It's easier to get five stars out of an hour than it is two hours because you have less to deal with. But the only thing we know for this week on Rampage is that it's the first dance. And the only promo they keep showing is the one that Darby Allen did where he mm. talked about and saying, even if you best think you're the best in, in the, the world, world. Yep. it's being touted as the most anticipated event in wrestling history. It's being talked about on UFC. It's being talked about, about on NFL. Pre- Punk, wasn't Sam Punk a commentary somewhere and he said something about elite? Oh, no, it's right here. During last night's CFFC MMA event, CM Punk dropped a... Oh, it was Punk then. Yes. Okay, so I I didn't realize that was Punk then. Okay, Okay. that's why I wasn't sure. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that was him that said that. It was him that said that. But then somebody else during an NFL pregame, or a a preseason game, mentioned CM Punk returning to AEW as well. So at this point, if it doesn't happen, I I I I don't get it. Like... If you've built it up this much and there's this many eyes on it and it's being talked about in mainstream media, everybody's going to be tuning in. I feel like Rampage this week is going to pull more than a 2.0 because everybody's looking to see how and when CM Punk shows up. Uh, And WWE is cashing in on this CM Punk uh, news because they have been releasing CM Punk matches on their YouTube channel. Why would you not? Why would you not? So I was reading, you know, take it for what it's forth in the Reddit comments, but they were talking about this and they said, wouldn't it be crazy that if the forbidden door between WWE and AEW would be CM Punk? Because there's a lot, there's some people like there's some conspiracy theories about how CM Punk could be the link between them and whatever, but it's just, I don't know. It's just fucking crazy that like. It would be crazy if that like forbidden door actually, you know, led to something happening between AEW and WWE because of Punk. Yeah. That'd be crazy. That it That'd would be, be absolutely CM crazy. Punk. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, five star rating for, uh, yeah. for Rampage this week. So yeah. Awesome. But Dan, that is unfortunately <laughs> going to bring us to the close of the show. This is pretty much how the episodes are going to go each week going forward now with all this stuff. So uh, let's say we get on out of here this week. Yeah, let's hot tag and get the hell out of here and look forward all to right. next week. Well, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers and all the elite wrestling podcasts made possible, of course, by leveldowngames.com. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. Theme song of the week this week. Dan, it goes to you. What are we going with? I, I We got to go, to me, we got to go with Paul White's uh, new theme song. I, I liked it. I, okay. Yeah. 
I yeah. like that. I'm good with it. Paul White, his new theme song is titled New Room, New View. It's uh, featuring Joe Altier, apparently. We're going to close out with that. Now hit the music. <laughs> <laughs> 